On Giddy Up, Facing the Breeze, with Anthony Butt and Jack Trainer. Let's talk some harness racing. With some of the feature racing starting, well, we're just um, feature racing around the country finishing up. Um, I know we've got Bathurst to look forward to. The Mildura Cup Carnival's not far away. We've got a four- and five-year-old championship to look forward to at Melton. Um, we might spend a little bit of time talking about a few of the some of the hot issues in the sport of harness racing with two men that have strong opinions. And I speak of Anthony Butt and Jack Trainer. Hello to you, Ants. Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Good morning, Jack. Good morning, Jack. Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Good morning, Ants. I might start off with you, Jack. I was at the harness racing sales there on the weekend in Queensland, the nutrient sales, and it was a disappointing sale. There was a lot of horses passed in. Um, from a young trainer's point of view, that as having plenty of success, um, what's your philosophies regarding these sales? And do you try and purchase horses? And um, how do you go about it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it was disappointing. Obviously, I wasn't there, Gareth, but the word travels pretty quick. And, you know, I think the Sydney sale as a whole was disappointing too. So, I mean, it's not good for, obviously, the young horses is um, where our future is. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They might have to look at, um, you know, another way or maybe something to do with the handicapping where people are not prepared to invest in young horses. It's obviously a long, it's a long job. It's a, You know, you take that risk that um, they won't turn out and, you know, as a young trainer myself, like I've always steered away from the yearlings. We've well, tried to and, and just focused on the race horses because you can have an instant earn. So, uh, yeah, it's not good. It needs to be something needs to be done about it. And uh, it's a shame that the sale was like that because obviously a lot of people have put a lot of time and money into those yearlings and for 50% of them to come home, it's, um, it's definitely not good for our future. That's for sure. So you base as a young trainer, your business model on trying to get tried horses and attracting tried horses to your stable. Yeah, like that that's me in particular and I you know, I probably speak on behalf of Grimo as well. And obviously there's, you know, other trainers at the training complex still pretty young that, that solely focus on yearlings, but you know, someone that probably comes to mind like a Jared Elchin who every year buys up, you know, fifteen or twenty horses, but he's in a position where he's able to do that with Tumbley Park and, and has that money behind him and that backing. So you know, if if you don't have the owners and you don't have, you know, the money, you know, you, you, it's very hard for a young trainer to go in on their own and, um, you know, sort of tick these horses up and, and hope that they can pull them together. So, you know, maybe it's something along those lines where people need to back the younger trainers and start, you know, before the, tro- before the sales, you know, showing interest and, and coming up with a plan because, you know, I know myself, I, I mean, I have made it quite clear that I, I'm not interested in the yearlings, but, I didn't have any owners or any interest, anything to come to my stable. So I'm sure that's with many. And what's your take on this then? Because we've got the nutrient sales in Victoria on the first or starting off on the 1st of April. And it's a very important sale now for nutrient and the industry here in Victoria. So um, what do you think their answer is? Yeah, it's not ideal, Gareth. As I said, they're both sales are very disappointing and there's a lot of horses passed in and, you know, there was quite a few people there that sort of went to the sales but didn't buy. So, no, it's no easy fix. Um, you know, there's a few, you know, scenarios getting thrown around of why they're not, um, you know, selling like they, they can, you know. I'm sure, uh, you know, like in Victoria, we've got the MSU factor where a lot of people are not interested in racing two-year-olds anymore because they, they just can't compete with them. So that's one thing. And, um, 
But yeah, as I said, it's not ideal. There's plenty of money to be made for these young horses. But one thing I'd like to see in Australia, which is not prevalent really, is syndications, you know, public syndications. We see it in the galloping and it's massive. You can go on any, you know, Facebook or website and there's just syndicates, you know, shares getting thrown at your left, right and centre. But it just doesn't happen in harness racing. And, you know, I'd like to see maybe a couple of guys take it up and run with it and, uh, you know, it might be a bit of an avenue, you know, spread the horses around to a few different trainers and, you know, get get the general public in that way. We've seen Jack's mate Summit Bloodstock do a really good job, I think, in that that space. They've got trainers spread across Australia. Um, but I agree with you that that there's a lot of syndicates, especially some of the younger generation starting off um, syndicates in in, in the thoroughbreds ants and it would be good if especially like the harness racing authorities work closely with um, those organizations to help them um, identify trainers and, and get them involved so I think you're on to a winner there I've, and another philosophy that I've got I know that they can't they can't look after everybody but just to give some young trainers an opportunity to go and purchase a yearling in a sale and say, well, you'll have 90 days to pay this off and we will back you in so you can organise and try and get a syndicate of owners um, to gather ants. A little bit like what they do in the gallops where you get those young trainers that can take a bit of a punt and have a little time to try and pay it off. Yeah, definitely, Gareth. Well, that's so important for trainers. I know it works in New Zealand where, you know, they get a, a line of credit, you know, and um, they do because they buy the horses and they've got to get on the phone and sell them and if you've got to stump up the money on sale day for those yearlings, and you know you might be spending, you know, might buy three or four yearlings, might be a hundred thousand dollars worth, and you know, not too many trainers have got a hundred thousand dollars mm. sitting around in their bank. So, as I said, they've got to get a bit of credit and give them time to sell these horses, and and as I said, uh, you know, the thoroughs get together with some of the syndicators, probably make the rules a little bit easier. It seems so hard to to be a syndicator, there's so much red tape. So, yeah, yeah. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of you know, I guarantee there's a lot of the people out there, the general public, even listening to the show, that would love a share in a horse but don't know how to go about it. So, yeah, you know, they just need to push in the right direction. And the other part about all of this, which I like, Queensland is flying at the moment. They've got some terrific prize money increases. Um, they've got wonderful breeding incentives. If you buy a horse that's Queensland bred, you can win 14-odd thousand with your first win, Jack. So... I think they're doing a lot right. I thought Nutrien promoted the sale really well. So it just, it, it just, it was, um, I found it really interesting trying to dissect why it didn't work there on the weekend when Harness Racing Queensland especially have done a lot of work to make the sport, um, like to make a, the sport and add extra, uh, extra incentives to make it um, easier for people to get their money back. Yeah, that's right, Gareth. It's um, Queensland's definitely the state that's on the up. Every time you sort of go on their social media or you check your emails, they're pumping up their main races, fifty thousand, seventy thousand at a time, and um, you know they, they do really well with their promotions too. And yeah, you're dead right too with the like Queensland's bonus. As you said, I think if you win a race, uh, you get about fourteen thousand dollars back. In Melbourne, I believe it's about seven thousand. And and poor old New South Wales, we get a $3,000 breeders voucher. So, mm. you know, that's something that New South Wales should look at because, you know, if you know that, and I, I think too with Queensland, you can win it every year as well. Like it's not just set for a one-off thing. You can win it as a two-year-old and a three-year-old again if 
if you know you're eligible for for twenty or thirty thousand dollars worth of bonuses, it would make you take that punt, and you know at least you can um you know have something to look forward to and something for a kickback down the line. But yeah, bonus incentives is good, and Queensland's definitely leading the chase. So could be time New South Wales takes a lead there and, and does something along those lines. And I think with this new track as well, Ants in Brisbane, that's being built and they're going to be racing at that venue three or four times a week and it'll be finished by the end of 2026. Talking to a few of the big-time New Zealand trainers as well, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the Kiwis packed up and headed up north to be based there in Queensland. So um, it's definitely a watch this space and a changing landscape in the sport of harness racing. Yeah, it's going to be very attractive, Gareth. You know, it looks as though it's going to be a fantastic complex. And, you know, if you're going to be racing there three or four times a week, there's, you know, there's going to be no travelling and, you know, you're, you're close to the Gold Coast. So it's going to be a great lifestyle. So, no, I, you know, I guarantee there's going to be, a, you know, the hardest part will be uh, knocking back the trainers that are applying for the boxes because I'm sure they'll be oversubscribed. Yeah, and the other part that we debated with Adam Hamilton Myself, David Brick and Greg Mitchell there on the Saturday morning when we hosted winners from from the Magic Millions complex there ahead of the Nutrient Sales is the Inter-Dominion. And, I, and it still blows me away that the, the sport's greatest race, its biggest marketing tool, will be conducted in the middle part of December in Queensland amongst uh, a host of other big races um, in Australia that uh, – uh, surrounding it, like the the Country Cups in Victoria, the Hunter Cup, the big races in WA, the New Zealand Cup would have just been run and won. Um, and we're going to make these horses, or some of them anyway, travel up to Queensland to compete in Inter-Dominion. For me, it should be in the middle part of the year. Um, have the Blacks of Fake, sacrifice the Blacks of Fake, but call it the Blacks of Fake Inter-Dominion, make the prize money a million dollars and let's embrace our, our greatest race ants. It's just... It's not fair on the sport. It's not fair on the people that love this game um, and want it to survive when you disrespect its big race like they are at the moment by making it, making it, um, making Queensland race the Inter Dominion in the middle part of December. Yeah, we've spoken about it many times, Gareth, haven't we? And yeah, like the administrators that are running, you know, Harness Racing Australia and the Inter Dominions, they've really got a you know, be, be accountable. Uh, you know, this has just gone on for 10 or 15 years now. We've just round circles. And um, so hopefully, you know, in the you know in the near future, you know, somewhere like Queensland or even Victoria can can grab it and um, run it properly. And uh, as I said, the timing's just terrible. You know, where it is right in December, right in the middle of everything. And there's too many horses missing it because we've got so much yeah. after it. So, you know, time for the administrators to stand up and be counted. And if they're not going to step aside and let someone run the game that can do it properly. Yeah, and I can understand that they want the Inter-Dominion in their own backyard, but when you can only put $500,000 up and it's not their fault, but that's what they can afford, well, um, then they need to sit around and say, well, how can we work the Inter-Dominion out so it's worth a million dollars? And for me at the moment, Victoria want the Hunter Cup to be their main race, which is understandable. The Miracle Mile is the biggest race in New South Wales worth a million dollars, and it's a great race. So let Queensland put a million dollars into the into Dominion and sacrifice the Blacks of Fake and call the Blacks of Fake into Dominion, Jack. Um, and then we can have – Queensland can own that race, but we can still have the race that's full of history and and a race that we can be proud of once again, the Inter-Dominion. 
Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, Gareth. I think it's got to be a million dollars. That That's a must. You know, we compare it to the Melbourne Cup and say that it's our Melbourne Cup and, you know, it's a half a million dollar race. It's, it's borderline embarrassing. And, and I agree with the time frame too. It, it's got to be moved. Like this year was a prime example. There was no New Zealand horses. You want, you know, an Inter-Dominion should be that clash of the best from New Zealand, the best of Australia in the toughest race conditions. And, you know, you want those horses that are racing in the New Zealand Cup over here. It's too hard on them to back up straight after that, being in the middle of November. And, and then it's too close for for the horses that, you know, they don't get any time off and you've all of a sudden, you've got to start your Miracle Mile campaign. So well, I agree every word that you both say. And, um, yeah, I think that that needs to be addressed real quick and, and make it a truly great race if we're going to compare it to such a race as the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, and the sad part about this, Ants, is that it, like... It looks like you can fix it. It's like, like yeah. let's just let's if the inter, if Queensland are holding the Inter Dominion, let them hold this Inter Dominion in the middle part of the year. Yeah, that's right, Gareth. Was, you know, obviously the three clubs are involved at the moment. You know, Victoria, New South Wales, and Queensland. And, and once that agreement ends, you know, then it's time to get everyone in a room, lock the door, and. Um, Get it sorted out, you know. Said there's too much toing and froing, and, mm. and he said it's an easy fix. And uh, I'm sure you and I could, and Jack could probably fix it in half an hour. Yeah, well, that's saying something. Yes. Hey, <laughs> you, you, you guys um, hail from New Zealand, proud Kiwis that call Australia home and have had success. I'll start with you, Ants, and go to then go to you, Jack. Um, are you worried about what's happening in New Zealand and the the future of the sport, Ants? What are you hearing? Yeah, it's not looking good over there, Gareth. You know, obviously, Auckland Trotting Club, which is, you know, one of the two main clubs over there in the biggest city in, in New Zealand. They've had massive problems with their building development and they've got massive debt and um, but there doesn't look to be a great way out of it. They're selling, you know, they're selling the family silver at the moment. Everything that's not tied down is getting sold and I just hope they can come out of it the other end. But, uh, yeah, the North Island's a real worry. You know, there's lack of horses, lack of young trainers coming through. You know, most of the young ones are getting going, then moving to Australia. So, North Island's a, a massive worry. You know, Canterbury's still pretty strong, lots of trainers, lots of horses, and the money's okay, and the racing's pretty good. So, but yeah, they've um, they've gone along the path that they want to not be involved with Australia, do their own thing, and I think it'll be to their detriment, you know, long term. So, I don't know the answers, but. You know, what I would say is I wouldn't like to be a young fella starting off in a game in New Zealand at the moment. Yeah, that makes me sad, Ants, because for for a harness racing fan, we need a, like, um, Australia harness racing needs a strong New Zealand harness racing. New Zealand harness racing needs a strong Australian harness racing scene at the moment, Jack. And um, it doesn't sound like that's happening in your home country. No, that's right, Gareth. And, like, you know, a lot like the sales, it's, those young fellas coming through trying to start out, that that's the future of the sport. So, you know, I know, like Ant said, Auckland's probably doing it the toughest. And, um, yeah, when you turn on the Alexandra Park on a Friday night and see them racing for five five and six horse fields, uh, it's not good. And like Ant said, it's probably hard to find the answer, but maybe they need to use a bit of initiative, the clubs or the harness racing, and set up something like we have here at Menangle. So, that the young trainers, you know, even something a bit less, but it, it gives the young trainers an opportunity for somewhere to go. It's obviously very hard to purchase property in New Zealand, much like here. Um, you know, and I, I've got mates over there that, are, that you know, I went through the junior driver ranks with that are still working for trainers where they should be spreading their own wings and, and building their own team slowly. And, 
you know, they're all talented horsemen. They just probably need somewhere to go and, and something like this Manangle Training Centre or, you know, a, a training facility to give them that option. It would only increase numbers and, you know, increase interest. So I'd be very surprised if it didn't work. So maybe it's something along those lines to give them a chance that they need. Yeah, well, said in Victoria, have done it well with that Charlton training base and they've set up a, a complex as well at Cranbourne and Shepparton. So... It can be done. Um, I can't believe we've been too serious this morning, Ben. I think sometimes we need to tackle these issues, especially with um, people like you two that have got skin in the game. And, um, yeah, we'll continue to debate the, these issues or talk about them anyway because um, at the end of the day, I think all three of us care about this game and we want it to, to be successful for many years to come. Um, Ants, do you have a winner for us? Um, got a few nice drives tomorrow, Gareth, at both Yarra Valley and Bendigo. It's going to be a long day, but uh, I think one of the first at Yarra Valley, High Falante, is um, trialling pretty good, and I think he'd be pretty hard to beat. All right, then. What about you, Jack? Uh, yeah, I've got a pretty light week this week, Gareth. Actually, got an appeal from about three months on tomorrow, so yeah. um, hopefully I make it out the other side of that with Bassus coming up, but I'm driving a pretty nice horse. Um, it's actually Captain Ravishing's brother called Ravishing Floy. He'll okay. be racing on Friday, and um, they've got a big opinion of him, so hopefully he's one to follow down the track, and yeah, I think he's a bit better, better than average. He needs to buy yearlings when you're Jack Trainer when everybody just sends you these horses these days. So, um, hey, good luck, Jack. Um, and that's another, like, the J-Max situation, um, and then you compare it to what happens in harness racing. He had his hearing heard within a couple of days. Um and you, you get three or four months. Unbelievable. Well, you get upset when I talk about how we need to improve that system, so I'll stop so you can come I back hope, on. I, Sorry, Ants. I hope, I hope Jack's got J-Max Lawyer tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> he'll, <laughs> he'll need it, and he probably can afford it these days. Good on you, lads. Thanks, Gareth. Anthony Thanks, Button, Jack Trainer. We'll take a break, and we'll come back with the – we'll go to the news, then we'll come back with Hong Kong Corner.